We're in a series called Embodied Faith, and it's a study through the book of James. But if you read James, you don't have to read very far before you hear him say, don't just study it. Do not just read it. Do not just hear the word, but what? Do it. You got to go out and you got to do it. And so we're going to we're going to try to embody, we're going <laughs> to try to do what he says uh, as best we can in our time together. For our embodied activity this morning that will lead us into our text from James, I want to invite you to, if you have a wallet, take out your wallet. What? Why? You'll see. You'll see. If you have a purse, that works well too. If you have stuff in your pockets, here's what we're going to do. I'll just go ahead and explain. I want you to take all the junk that you might have in your wallet or your purse or your pockets, and I want you to put it in this box. This is going to get trashed. This is going to get thrown away. So it's got to be something that you have but don't need. Like I have business cards in my wallet from people that I meet, and I'm like, I mean, I took a picture of it, so now I have a digital version of it. I don't need to keep carrying this around. I'm going to put it in the box. I have receipts from... Target or wherever, I'm like, maybe I'll need this. But if it was from six months ago, I'm probably done with it. It goes in the box. So look through your wallet, look through your purse, look through your pockets. And right now, if you have something, come up and put it in the box. If you don't feel like moving, you can just hold it up in the air, and I'll come by and I'll get it. I, waving something in the air is technically embodied. There we go. Cool. You use your bodies. Just trash this stuff. We don't need it. You have it. Oh, well, that was... That was a dirty tissue seat. Well, I was willing to, man, that's, that's your pastor laying down his life for you. <laughs> okay, good. If you don't have either any of the things I mentioned above, here's the digital version. You can take out your phone. You can start looking through your pictures and go, wow, I don't need 10 pictures of that person. I could just narrow it down to one. You can start deleting photos. The point is you have stuff that you're holding on to that you just don't need. And so we're going to take a moment as we head into our text from the book of James. We're going to identify some junk, and we are going to get rid of it. Keep looking. Keep digging. We got some, but I bet there's more. Evie, is this yours, or is this somebody near you's? And if you're nervous that I'm going to go through it and, like, read all your, your personal notes, I'm not. This is, this is literally junk, and it's going to get tossed. Yes. Love it. Now we're talking. Maybe we can get, like, a discount rate on recycling. If we have so many pounds of junk, they'll go, whoa, you could. It's cheaper if you have over 50 pounds of junk. Thank you. You didn't have much? That's good. That's good. Maybe this tells us something. Uh, is anybody, anybody else still? This is a good exercise. You're probably going to go and do this on your own sooner or later. It's better to do it sooner, I would say. As you continue searching for junk, and feel free, even while I'm talking, even while I'm reading, if you have something, just go ahead and put it in the box. You won't need it. We're going to lighten our load a little bit this morning. Let's listen to this section of James chapter 1. Last week we introduced that we were going to be starting this series, studying and doing through the book of James. And you might have thought, well, he's going to start in James 1. 1. I, I skipped ahead. I skipped to the second part of James because it's kind of the introductory, overarching 
theme verse for the entire book. And we talked about it a little bit last week. Don't merely listen to the word and deceive yourself, but do what it says. So I took the section that has that verse in it. We put that first. We'll jump back to James 1.1 in the first half next week. Don't worry. I don't think you guys were worried anyway. That's just a bit of an over-explanation about why we're about to hear James 1, starting in verse 19. He says this in this book of wisdom. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves. And their religion is, what does it say? Worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. James is advising us to get rid of junk. Bye-bye, junk. That's what this lesson is entitled. How are we doing? Over here, we've collected quite a bit of junk. We've got receipts. I'm not, we got more? Anybody else? This is not necessarily the last call, but I like a good pile of junk <laughs> to get rid of, that is. This, I mean, we got full-on sheets of paper. We got receipts, we've got business cards, we do have some dirty tissues, and thank you for delivering those yourself. This is a box of junk. It is completely worthless, and yet we were holding on to it. We had it. We saved it. We maybe hadn't gotten around to junking it yet. We maybe said, ah, maybe, you know, like I said, the receipt might be something we'll hold on to. I might need this a little bit later, but today, you decided, you know what, this is just taking up space. This is just adding weight to my life that I don't need. It is junk. I am going to get rid of it. That's what James tells us. He doesn't say receipts and business cards. He says moral filth. He talks about anger right at the beginning. The way that this section is structured, it's kind of like at the beginning, he talks about you should tame your tongue. And then at the end of this section, he talks about you should tame your tongue. <laughs> you should really get a handle on what you say. And you might be thinking, well, isn't that how James chapter 3 starts? Isn't it like the subheading called Taming the Tongue? Wasn't there a whole West Coast Girls Conference theme called Tame It? And it was like the whole weekend was talking about taming your tongue? Yeah, it was. This is not the only place in James where he talks about being careful little mouth what you say. Every single chapter in James, <laughs> he warns you to be careful with what you say, how you say it. Here he talks about being quick to listen 
and slow to speak. I'm often fast to speak. I don't know about you. Sometimes somebody will say something. They don't even have to get very far. And I go, ah, I see what's happening here. I'm going to straighten them out. As soon as they're done talking, I'm going to push this information in front of them. Ready, ready, set, go. That's quick to speak, probably slow to listen. James says, do the opposite. Be quick to listen. Slow to speak and slow to become angry. He talks about anger. He says, anger doesn't bring about the righteousness that God desires. And yet, for some reason, a lot of people, even Christians, treat anger like the junk in our wallets that James says we should get rid of, that Jesus says we should get rid of, that we sometimes even admit we should get rid of, and yet we go, I'm not ready to get rid of it. I taught a class that was based on a book about anger and about taking Jesus at his word, taking James at his word, get rid of anger. We were over there in classroom six. The book was called Unoffendable by Brant Hansen. There's two copies of it back in the, the foyer. You're welcome to pick one up, read it. It's a really good book. We went through a whole class. I'm trying to remember who was in the class at the time. Some of you were there. A lot of you weren't there. That's why you're so angry all the time. <laughs> Just kidding. I, sh I shouldn't have said that. That was quick to speak. <laughs> but I remember in the class, as week after week, we said, you should get rid of anger. Your life will be better without it. There was this resistance, and people would say, yeah, but. People yeah, butted the command to get rid of anger. Yeah, but sometimes anger motivates people to action. It's what makes people start orphanages and helping the homeless. Like, I'm so mad about something, now I'm going to do it. Anger's a motivator. Therefore, I shouldn't get rid of it. Yeah, but. Yeah, but love is also a motivator, isn't it? People say, yeah, but Jesus got angry. Remember he dumped those tables over? It was like, ah, oh, you're treating the Lord's house the way it's not supposed to be treated. Jesus got angry. Aren't we supposed to be like Jesus? We should be angry like Jesus. You, well, you're not Jesus. <laughs> Good luck with that. If Jesus' anger was righteous, are you going to say every time you're angry it's a righteous anger? Or is it more of a self-righteous anger? anger. Anyway, I'm kind of just bringing back the class, and I didn't intend to do that. The point was how noticeable it was for us to say, okay, we hear the word, but there's still something about us wanting to hold on to this. And James says, get rid of it. It is worthless. There's a quote from Dallas Willard where he says, anything you can do with anger, you can do better without. Test that one. For people who want to say, nah, anger's, anger's a motivator. It's like, nope. Anything you want to do while holding on to anger, you'll do better if you let it go. Jesus says the same thing in the Sermon on the Mount, right? I didn't murder my brother. I wanted to, but I didn't. Jesus said that hate in your heart, the way that you think about your brother, the person that you hate, you might as well have killed them. That's not good. You got to get rid of that stuff. This is good advice, and we sometimes have a hard time hearing it. Hard time taking it. Listen again to what James says. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth 
and the evil that's so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. This sounds like wisdom literature. This sounds like Proverbs. This sounds like Jesus teaching about, there's one man who built his house on a rock, and he was a wise man. And then there was this other man who built his house on the sand, and he was a foolish man. That's the whole book of Proverbs. The way of the wise, the way of the fool. If you do this, you're cultivating wisdom. If you do that, you're cultivating folly, foolishness. This is the way, this is not the way. You get that here. James says, you're living out your faith, or you think that you're, you're doing what God calls you to. Uh, you're not living it. You're, you're forgetting the word. You're deceiving yourself. If you do this, you'll be deceived. But if you do this, if you, if you live out your faith, get rid of the stuff that you need to get rid of, then you'll be blessed. The way of the deceived versus the way of the blessed. We know we should get rid of junk. We know it's just weighing us down. We know we, we don't need to hang on to this anymore, like the stuff in your wallets. There's things in your lives that maybe you need to get rid of. Here's the twist, though. James says, this isn't just the moral filth and the anger and the stuff in your life. Ah, I gotta get rid I know I gotta do that. That's not just this. James says, this is your religion. Your religion is this. It is worthless. Did you catch that at the end there? If this, if you don't practice what Jesus calls you to do, if you don't rid yourself of this anger, if you are quick to speak and slow to listen and you hold on to your anger, this is your religion. It is worthless. Whoa, I know that this is my junk. I know that the junk I got to get rid of too. And he says, that's what it amounts to if we don't do I'm going to get rid of this. We don't need that junk. Don't go fishing for it afterwards. Can we do the same thing with the things in our hearts that we're hiding and that we're holding on to and that we're like, yeah, I want to take Jesus at his word. I want to hear this wisdom from James. I want to walk in the way of the blessed and the way of the wise and not the way of the fool. Can we not go back to this? Everybody's like, yeah, we can. We've tried before. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it's harder. Sometimes we return back to it. I got to teach this last Wednesday night and Wednesdays at the well. So we're kind of sharing responsibilities and we're doing a teaching rotation. And the passage in the curriculum that we're using was so fitting for this lesson 
And I was excited to teach it on Wednesdays, and I wanted to share this story with you. It's a quick story from the life of Jesus. This is toward the end of his ministry. He's talking to Pharisees, and he's talking to his opponents. This is like the last week of his life. He's going to go to the cross. He's teaching, and he says this. What do you think? There was a man who had two sons. He went to the first son and said, son, go work today in the vineyard. I will not, he answered. But then later he changed his mind and he went. And when the father went to the other son and said the same thing, he answered, I will, sir. But he did not go. Which one of the two did what his father wanted? And everybody says, the first. Obviously, it's clear. Why are you telling us this story, Jesus? Jesus said to them, truly, I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you, you religious people, you Pharisees, you church-going folk, you think you have it figured out. The tax collectors, boo, the prostitutes, they're entering the kingdom ahead of you. For John came to you to know, to show you the way of righteousness, and you didn't believe him. You heard his words, but you didn't put it into practice. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did, yet even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe. Sometimes it's just real clear in these scriptures that there's, this is what we ought to do, and we'll be blessed if we do it. This is the, the, not the way. And yet this word keeps coming up, deceived. Anyone considers himself religious and doesn't keep a tight rein on their tongue, they deceive themselves. They're deluded. You think you're living it out, but you're not. And your religion, James says, is worthless. Okay, well, what does good religion look like? Looking after orphans and widows, not being polluted by the world, doing your faith, living it out, putting it into practice. Now, I got to be careful. This is a long series, thankfully, but some of you are thinking, ah, Jacob, are you describing a works righteousness? Are you claiming that we have salvation because of how many orphans we help or how many good deeds we do? No, we know that that's not true. We know that salvation is by grace through faith and Jesus on the cross. If that didn't happen, we don't have a faith. We throw ourselves on the mercy of the court and say, thank you, Jesus, for making us right with God. That's all we can do, right? That's all we can do. That's all we can do. Is that all we can do? We must do that. That's important. We, a lot of us have done that, but then, then what do we do? What do we do? And James says, do right. You live out the faith that you're learning, the, the example that you saw in Jesus. You go and you do. And that's the challenge for us. I'll tell you a quick story that was inspiring to me and that kind of made me Things happen sometimes and you go, whoa, i got to re-change, re, re reshape, reform the way that I'm thinking about things. I have a buddy uh, who's from India. I've talked about him before. A lot of you have met him. Um, he's from India. We became really close friends. And then he moved back to India. Well, last fall, he was there kind of like, you know, purchasing a house and scouting it out with his family. And his daughter, who's about the same age as June, she turned one. And we were FaceTiming them shortly after her birthday. We're like, oh, happy birthday, Samira. What happened? Are we like, what did you guys do? How did you celebrate? What, what does birthday look like in India? And I remember he said, well, she's one. She's not going to remember it. So we didn't have a big party. 
We didn't, uh, you know, did, she didn't have a smash cake or anything like that. We said, oh, what did you do on the day? And he was like, well, we wanted to just do something good. She's a blessing to us. We wanted to be a blessing to other people. So we went to an orphanage. Oh, and we asked if there's a way that we could help. Wow, that's cool. Doing something good for people who are in need to commemorate, to celebrate a blessing that you've received. I was like, uh, we did a smash cake. I, I've never done that. How many orphans were there? He said, 250 orphans. And we said, what's the need? And they said, they all need new clothes. So we bought 250 sets of clothes for these orphans at this orphanage on our daughter's birthday. I went, wow, that is awesome. My friend is a Hindu. He believes in God. We, we talk about God, and sometimes it seems like we're talking about the same guy. Uh, but there's a lot of areas of divergence. There's a lot of uh, deities and gods in the Hindu faith that I don't believe in, that I don't follow. I don't think have the power to save like Jesus, the Son of God. So there's overlap, and then there's not. And, and a lot of my, if I'm honest, as I think about my relationship with my friend, I'm like, ah, you know, I'm in Christ, and I'm a Christian, and I'm living it. I really want him to do it as well, but, you know, because he's a Hindu, he's not where I'm at. I hear this parable that Jesus tells about the two sons and deceiving myself. Is my religion, is it, I don't think it's worthless completely, but as I think about how he spends his daughter's first birthday, I go, looking after orphans in their distress. That's an embodied faith, and I want to have a faith like that. And again, like I said last week, you can be overwhelmed looking at Scripture and being like, oh, I got to do this. Oh, and I got to do this. And oh, wow, I'm nowhere near being ready to do that. It can make you want to just go like, I don't know. I just close my eyes and hope it all goes away. It can be discouraging. But one, praise be to God, we have salvation in Jesus Christ. We have grace. We don't have to be 100%. James uses the word perfect. A lot, he's talking more about the complete wisdom that comes from heaven and being whole and not being like 100% on the test. And two, in this series, like I said, we're just going to focus on one thing a week. This last week for me, it's really been about anger. It's really been just the first part of what we heard. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. I've been dwelling in this passage. That's been at the forefront of my, my days and my 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 moments, my interactions with people this week. And it's been amazing. Just going, all right, listen more. Listen better. You're not a good listener. Don't get angry. This normally ticks you off. This normally fires you up and wants you, makes you ready to swing back. But there were so many instances where I didn't do that this week. And it's not because I got better at following Jesus. It's not because I matured and became like a better, wiser version of Jacob. It's because the wisdom came from heaven wasn't just bouncing off my head. I wasn't just listening to it and then trying to do my best. I was doing it. I was living it. And it's awesome. That's what I want to encourage you to do each week as we hear just one simple idea. Maybe it will hit you in in a specific way, and I hope that it does. This week, the simple idea is bye bye junk. Turn to somebody next to you and say, bye bye junk. Now turn back to them and say, I'm not calling you junk. Didn't think of that before I said it. Here's what I want you to do. Here's how we're going to end today. And again, 
just heads up, we're going to be doing more turn to the person next to you during communion and at the end of the message time. So one, be ready for that. Two, there's some weeks where you're just not feeling it, and that's okay. If uh, there's a universal symbol for don't, don't bug me, and it's taking out your phone and pretending you're doing something really important, if you see somebody doing that, respect that and say, all right, they're thinking about it by themselves, and that's fine. Uh, three, sit by somebody you like. <laughs> sit by somebody that you trust and you want to have a conversation with. It may not always work out that way, but we're not going to not do this. Each week we're going to interact with this. At the table, it's going to be broad. What does the scripture say in general about God, about people? But then after we hear the word, we're going to try to equip ourselves for going and living it. The questions are a little more personal. This week, the question I want to put to you is, what is one thing in your life to which you need to say, bye-bye, junk. Bye-bye, junk. It may be being quick to speak. It may be some kind of moral filth. It may be anger. It may be nothing that we've mentioned. But what, what is God putting on your heart? What is one thing in your life that you want to just focus on? And like we did with the, the worthless junk, just get rid of it. That's what I'm going to ask you to talk about in just a moment. The last thing I'll say is we got to give glory to God. This is not just an exercise, like I said, in being a better version of Jacob, of going and trying harder, especially if I go, anger, and you're like, I've been working on anger my whole life, and I've gotten this far. That's the point. We can only get so far by our own strength. This exercise, as you can see, too, we're asking you to name it as specifically as you want to be about this thing in your life that you want to get rid of, and then pray about it. We are calling God to say, we need your power. We need your, the wisdom that comes from heaven. We need the blood of Jesus and the power that raised him from the grave to be active in our lives to transform us. That's what we're saying, and that's what we're going to do now. So please turn to somebody near you uh, and identify something in your life to which you need to say, bye-bye, junk, and then ask them to pray for you. Commit to praying for them. Pray for it throughout this week. That's it. Ready? Go do it.